The Sports Star Audio Vault is powered by AA Best Bail Bonds. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. Yes, sir. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 94.5 FM. Soon to be 103.3 FM beginning on February 1st. Happy Hump Day, everybody. My name's Michael Jimenez, your host from noon to two. Sports, pop culture, and nostalgia here at halftime. Producing the show and my co-host today, my buddy James Pledger. What's going on, my man? What's happening, Mike? Dude, not bad, man. I, you know, I had to throw Rob Thompson out of this room. Like, the show was starting, and he was just sitting right next to me, and I was like, man, gotta get the principal out of the room. Why? I don't know, man. It's funny. It's funny. It's kind of weird to be doing a show when someone's sitting right next to you. And Rob right now is taking a look on Facebook and YouTube. We are live on Facebook and YouTube. He is just gawking at me right now. You can leave a comment, subscribe, like, and subscribe, San Antonio Sports Star. And uh, we're also on Twitter. I'm at MikeESPNSA. Pledger is at I am Pledger. Why are you so scared about doing it? Like, just... Go in there, do your show, knock it out of the park, and go, that's why you're going to pay me extra at the end of the month. Dude, I believe that none of this is true. I believe that I come out here and this doesn't actually go out into the airwaves, that no one's listening to this, that all the comments I get on Facebook and YouTube, both the praise and criticism, is all fake. I don't know. It's like a Truman Show type of thing going on because, you know, I'm alone in this room talking to you. So how do you take the fact then that when you go out in public and someone... And people say hi? Yeah. Not only say hi, but like approach you about one of your topics, like an offhanded thing that you will mention within the show that is innocuous, it seems. Yeah. But somebody's like, what do you mean you thought? Oh, it's so funny. And... It, it, it's so funny, you know, meeting people out and about who listen to the show. And it's great because you can tell that it starts to resonate with people. We had a caller call call in a couple of days ago and called me an acquired taste saying, I didn't like this show for a while, but man, I like you. I like you now. And I'm going to let you know in about five minutes, you might not like me all over again because there's a conversation that we need to have about a certain spur player that I am tired of. But man, halftime goes till 12, from 12 to 2. On today's show, hey, 12.30, Sean Payton has left the Saints, right? And uh, there's talk about him going to the Cowboys, potentially. And he's not saying it, but I tell you what, I smell collusion. Do I have any proof? No, but I smell collusion, so we need to get into that. At 12.45, my wife is suddenly in love with Bob from La Bamba. Kind of weird. Not necessarily Bob from back in the day, but Isai Morales. Kind of interesting, funny conversation that we had. I'll get into that at 1245. At 1 o'clock in the 1 o'clock hour, who is the most unstoppable athlete you have ever seen play? I don't care if it's in person or on TV. Who do you consider the most unstoppable athlete that you've ever seen? And it is Wednesday, and Wednesday means it's time for movie reviews. Again, movies that everyone has seen, except for me, apparently. At 1.30, I'm doing a review of Urban Cowboy. Rudy J will join me at that time because it was his request. He and Jeff Garcia from Locked on Spurs and Ken's Five requested Urban Cowboy. Hey, we're doing something new. We want callers to call in. 
and there is a prize on the line. The best caller today gets tickets to see the legend Bob Dylan in concert at the Majestic Theater in March. Again, best caller. You have to call into the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN, 656-ESPN. Again, sports, pop culture, nostalgia. We go till 2 o'clock. And last night, you know, the Spurs broke their losing streak. They beat up on the Houston Rockets. Kind of expected. I mean, the Houston Rockets are one of the worst teams in the NBA. But the Spurs went out there and beat them soundly. And it wasn't even close. 134-104. to So a 30-point victory for the Spurs. Eight Spurs in double figures, led by DeJounte Murray with 19 points and 10 assists. He only played 24 minutes, so he wasn't going to get the triple-double out there. Jakob Pertl had 18 points and 9 rebounds. But man, I'm taking a look at the, at the box score, and it is confirmed that I am done with Derek White. This is it. This is the last I want to see of Derek White. This is the last season I want to see of him. He is the Spurs' highest-paid player. But I'm done. And it's so funny because I say things like this on Twitter. I say things like this on Facebook. And people come at me upset, Pledge. They're upset. Why? Because they're like, oh, he plays really good defense, man. You know, he he you know he passes the ball around. He averages five assists. Derek White is one of the worst three-point shooters I have ever seen on an NBA court. And last night, again, eight Spurs gotten to double figures, but he was not one of them. He shot 0 for 2 from 3, and that lowered his 3-point shooting for the year to 29.5%. 29.5%. He's tied with somebody on the team, right? Oh, I know, because Lonnie Walker is also down there as well. Lonnie Walker is now shooting 29.3 because he went 0 for 4 from 3 yesterday. So where do they rank in the NBA? Okay, you, we have to say that Derek White and Lonnie Walker are the Spurs shooting guards. And a lot of people are like, no, 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 no. Mur uh, uh, Murray's the point guard, but, you know, kind of, you know, White is also a point guard. The Spurs are not starting two point guards. One of them is a two guard, right? And Derek White is the shooting guard. He is the starting two because Lonnie's the one coming out there and backing him up. But the fact of the matter is, is Derek White right now is 148th. 148th in the league in three-point accuracy. Lonnie Walker is 149th. Those are the two shooting guards of the Spurs. Absolutely terrible. I don't care how well they play defensively. They are, they are god-awful when it comes to three-point shooting. So, Derek White, again, he is shooting 66 for 224 on the year. Lonnie Walker is 63 for 215. Now, the Spurs do have a good three-point shooter on this team. His name is Keldon Johnson. Keldon is actually third in the NBA with an accuracy just north of 44%, 76 for 172. So what does that mean? That means that Keldon Johnson has made 10 more three-pointers than Derek White with 52 fewer attempts. Why is Derek White shooting the ball anymore? I don't want him shooting Ever again. You're going to say that he's great at defense? He is so good at defense, he prevents himself from making three-pointers too. Derek White is an instant turnover because the second that he shoots a three-pointer, it's going to chip paint off the rim, and I count those as turnovers. You need to be shooting at least 36% from three to be respectable 
in the NBA. And if you're shooting 29%, I'm sorry, Lonnie Walker, new rule, Lonnie Walker, Derek White, you cannot shoot threes anymore because you have proven that you can't. And this isn't a new thing. This isn't something where you're going to say, oh, well, they're just going to shoot their way out of it. We're more than halfway through the season. Take a look at their stats from last year and the year before and the year before that. The most they ever did was 36%. The best they ever did was respectable. Why is Derek White shooting five and a half three-pointers a game when he can't make it? Why? I don't understand it. And here's the thing, Spurs fans. Reach out to us on the Kobasa Bacon phone lines. I want to talk about this. 656-ESPN. 656-ESPN. Defend your man. Defend Derek White. Why is he the shooting guard for this team? Why is he the starter? I don't get it. So by your logic, should DeJounte Murray stop taking threes too? Because he only shoots 32%. You know what? He shoots better than they do. I'd rather have that. But you said under 36%. I'm just going by what you just said. You know what? I would say this. DeJounte Murray is not expected to be a three-point shooter. DeJounte Murray is expected to be a slasher and and a distributor. I was surprised that DeJounte has more attempts than Keldon Johnson. So maybe he needs to tone it down a bit. But the fact of the matter is, is that I look at Derek White and Lonnie Walker as the bizarro Bryn Forbes. Keep that one up. I want to read that one. The bizarro Bryn Forbes was this. Bryn Forbes would go out there and offensively he could hold his own from time to time. But we always knew that he was a defensive liability. We always knew that. And when it comes to Derek White, in many ways, he's an offensive liability. Anthony Huerta reaches out on Facebook Live and says, Seriously, Jimenez? We are nine games out of last place in this league. We're a bunch of sides with no main dish. Let Eubanks shoot threes if he wants. You know, hey man, Eubanks had one of the ugliest looking three-point shots a few weeks back, and it went in. It was ugly, but it went in. But, you know, this may not be a popular opinion or a popular take, but uh, let me take you back in time a little bit. I don't know, about two months ago when... Pledge and I were talking about Team Tank and how the Spurs should really focus on building through the draft and how the Spurs should maybe be in a better position if we go off and and get a top five or a top six pick, maybe a Paolo Banchetto, maybe a Chet Holmgren, maybe a, uh, a Jabari Smith. I mean, hopefully we get one of those types of players. Keep that one up. I want to read it. And people were all over me, Pledge, saying, you're a complete idiot. Let this season unfold. No, no, no. This team can make the playoffs. And what happened? I was an idiot in November. I was an idiot in December. I was an idiot halfway through January. And then this past weekend, everyone wanted to get on board Team Tank. Everyone wanted to do it. So suddenly, I'm smart, right? I'm smart now, right? This is all, we're we're all Team Tank now, right? We all want the Spurs to get a good draft pick. But man, I was stupid back then. And everyone's going to be listening to this right now saying, I cannot believe that Jimenez is going off on Derek White. Lonnie Walker, yeah, go ahead and beat up on him. We, we've already given up on, on Lonnie Walker. But Derek White, you're going to hound on him? I'm sounding stupid right now. You know what? Come March, everyone's going to be on my side on this. And guess who they're going to want? John Dyer has the name right there. Primo, he says, is the shooting guard next season. I thought we were tanking, so who cares? John Dyer, exactly, exactly. So knowing that I want the Spurs to get a top five pick, I'm not complaining about Derek White this year. I'm complaining about future years. Future years. Rudolph Renee says, this is not acquired taste. It's annoying. You still stupid. 
Yeah, Rudolph Renee, but guess what? Come March, you're going to agree with me. You didn't agree with me on Team Tank? You do now. But here's the thing. Okay, maybe Derek White, Lonnie Walker, maybe we should give them nine or ten attempts a game at this point if we want to have the best spot, the best selection in the draft. But man, I'm just tired of it. I, I and, and Derek White is not just some dude on this team. He is the highest paid dude on this team. Frank Valdez on Facebook Live says, that's what should uh, that's what should be upset about Forbes gone, yet no primo. Trey barely plays. That's true. You know, Forbes is gone. So you would think that Trey Jones would be playing. You would think that Primo would be back. That's what we hoped. But man, if the Spurs could somehow package somebody, I would want them to package Derek White out there because he is not the long-term solution for this team. But hey, congratulations, Spurs. You guys beat up on the Rockets. We got the Grizzlies tonight. John Morant coming into town. Again, the Grizzlies are a type of team. I've been talking about Memphis and Cleveland being the template for the Spurs, being the template because they built through the de- the draft. Jaron Jackson, you know, you've got John Morant, Kyle Anderson off of free agency. You've got a lot of good things going on with that Grizzlies team. Pledge, do you have any any hope that the Spurs win tonight? Hope? Yes. I mean, we know where I stand. I don't hope for wins, especially if the. Like I said, tank is an arbitrary word that I believe misclassifies what I truly want. Right. I want the young guys to play, and if they get wins, then they get wins. But I want to see like Primo, a lot what the Rockets are doing, a lot what Memphis did, a lot of what we saw up in Cleveland with Sexton and Garland. Like I want to see the young guys play and grow. And if they win, fan. Fantastic. Mario Cavazos on Facebook says, Mike is talking the truth. The man went to Holmes High School. Damn straight, I did. But yeah, if Primo goes out there and they start winning, if Trey Jones is out there and they start winning, and Keldon and the young guys, the the real young guys, everyone thinks that Derek White is a young guy. He's not. He's what, 27, 28 years old? He's already, quote unquote, in his prime. If this is his prime, that means that only... Bad things are going to happen in the future. It's only going to get worse. And people reaching out to us on Facebook, uh, apparently me being a Holmes High School graduate uh, is cause of concern for lots of people. A lot of Jay Mustangs out there listening. Very the upset rivals, with you. The, the rivals out there. But uh, you may say that Jay is greater than Holmes, but I'll tell you what, Ingram is greater than Marbach Road. Welcome back to Halftime on the San Antonio Sports Star. Yeah, I went there. I went there. Ingram is superior to Marbach. I will say that. Okay, but Marbach Tacos are superior to Ingram. I will say that, too. Ingram over West Lakes. Man, I'm going way back in time. Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-3776. Again, 656-3776. The best caller of the day gets to go see Bob Dylan at the Majestic Theater. And guess what? You do not need to agree with me in order to win those tickets. But Pledge... I need to take a break a little bit, a little breather, maybe get some headlines in. Here's Pleasure with the 411 and the 210. Here's the 411 in the 210. Headline 2. Well, Mike, the news that broke yesterday during your show is Sean Payton stepping away from the New Orleans Saints after 16 years. 15 of those coaching the Saints, of course, one sat out due to Bounty Gate. With nine now openings across the league, none of them yet being filled. That's a little surprising. 
NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Saints defensive coordinator Dennis Allen is the leading candidate for the Saints head coaching vacancy. What are your thoughts on your DC taking over to run the ship on a team that looks like it's about to go downhill fast when you look at the $74 million (laughs) over the cap that they currently sit at? Is that a lot? Yeah, that's the worst position that any team in the NFL is in right now. $74 million over the cap. So that means they have to do a lot of gymnastics financially. They need to drop some players. But the strength of this team was the defense. So having Dennis Allen out there and having that consistency, getting that bump up to head coach would be a pretty good thing. I wouldn't mind that. Offensively, though, that's all Sean Payton, man. They went 9-8 and eight with Ian Book as a starter for a game, with Trevor Simeon as a starter for a handful of games, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. How the Saints went 9-8 and eight and were a couple of plays away from the Rams away from making the playoffs is unbelievable. Think about that. It had the Rams had held on against the 49ers in Week 18. The Niners would not have made the playoffs, would not have beaten the Cowboys, and would not be in the NFC Championship game this weekend. Amazing how that all unfolded. Saints should have been in the playoffs. I was so disappointed when they didn't make it. But man, uh, transition's coming. And I that team is good enough defensively to stick around. But I don't anticipate them having winning seasons for the next one or two years. Headline one. Speaking of transitions, let's transition over to baseball where the Major League Hall of Fame has a new member. That's right. David Big Poppy Ortiz, who was actually suspended for PEDs at one point in his yep. career, got the call to Coopers down, although Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Kurt Schilling are all falling off the ballot now as n- neither of them garnered the needed 75% due to ties to steroids or, in Schilling's case, political views post-baseball that have kept the writers from voting for them. Baseball stupid. I mean, I'm glad they finally got somebody in. Last year, no one made the Hall of Fame. This year, they got one player, and Poppy deserves it, man. I mean, he led the Red Sox to a World Series when they hadn't won in, what, 87 years, you said? That's a big deal, right? So he's a legend. He should be in the Hall of Fame. But the Hall of Fame needs to include those players like the Sosas of the world and the Bonds of the world and Clemens. Those were some of the best players of the past two generations, man. And the fact that they're not in there when everyone else is cheating, too, is dumb. You mean they should include the person that holds the all-time record for home runs? I know. And the all-time record for Cy Youngs? And the all-time record for hits in Pete Rose? Or, I don't know, maybe the people that saved baseball from dying in McGuire mm-hmm. and Sosa? I agree, man. Those were good times back in the day. Let them all juice up. I don't care. Well, Bud Selig, who uh, allowed them to all do that, is in the Hall of Fame. I know. I, it, it's so funny. All these old timers in baseball, boomers and beyond, are all, you know, holier than thou when it comes to baseball. Everybody cheats. That's been a cheating sport from the get go. It is more crooked than boxing. Headline Zero. Some changes are coming to All Star Weekend, Mike. The 2022 All-Star Clorox Rising Stars Challenge will feature an updated mini-tournament this year at All-Star Weekend in Cleveland, as instead of Team World versus Team USA or previously Rookies versus Sophomore, this year's Rising Stars will feature three games, 
between four teams of rookies, sophomores, and for the first time, NBA G League Ignite players. They will also add an event between those games called the Clutch Challenge, where teams of two will replicate five iconic playoff shots. You get a minute and 30 per team with no player being able to take consecutive shots and then the next team has to beat that score so lowest lowest time to make all these iconic playoff That's shots through history will win the tournament now i don't like some of the changes that the all-star weekend has done like i want west against east back i want that but um i like these changes at the very least because you know it gets a little bit boring you know the freshman sophomore game was a little bit boring uh, the slam dunk competition's boring, so if they can do anything to kind of boost, I guess, watchability in some of these games, I'm all about it. But what I want to see from a watchability standpoint is how many Spurs are going to be involved in here. Can we see Devin Vassell out there, please? Keldon Johnson, he's a gold medal winner, right? How about Primo? If I get two of the three, I'm going to watch it. If it's one of the three, nah, I'll go play with the dogs instead. <laughs> That's the 411 and a 210. Dude, I was walking through Costco yesterday, and I had to take a double take. I posted this on Twitter. A TV costing $20,000 is being sold at Costco. It's the first thing you see. When you walk into Costco, that's the whole point, right? They kind of wow you with the electronics. You know, here's these TVs, these computers and whatnot. And I'm taking a look at it. It's an LG 77-inch 8K Ultra HD TV. $19,999.99. The tax on that thing is more than what I would normally pay for for a TV. Pledge? $20,000 TV? What kind of engine do you think this thing's got? Now, I just I, I want to ask, did you ask a sales associate if that was just a typo? <laughs> no, I did not. Okay. But apparently someone reached out to me on Twitter and said that he went on to Costco.com and noticed that there are TVs for sale that are in that price range. But that should come with a six-cylinder at the very least, an eight-cylinder. But man, John Dyer on Facebook says, I demand Derek White in the three-point contest. I'll take the under on Derek White winning that one. So what does a $20,000 TV do? I don't know, man. I mean, what would you watch on there? And they're like, well, it's 8K. Is there anything that's 8K that you can watch on TV right now? I mean, is that even a thing? How many miles per gallon, Frank Valdez wants to know, does that TV get? I mean, that TV, I mean, it needs to have smell-o-vision. You need to be able to feel it. I mean, I've seen those curved TVs go for a few grand, but 20000 for a TV, that thing's going to be worth like maybe three grand a year from now or two years from now. Don't buy it. Is that thing going to make me a sandwich for the game? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I would picture ordering a pizza and the pizza actually coming through the screen, okay? But... uh that's absolutely ridiculous. So what are some what are some features that you would expect a $20,000 TV to have? Because if for, you're paying for, that much for a TV... For it to massage your back, uh, for it to cook for you, for it to get you from point A to point B, for it to drive you someplace. I mean, $20,000, that's like a car, man. That's a car. It's not like a car. It is a car. For many of us out there, it is a car. I mean, How many well, inches was this TV? 77 inch, which okay, is a little bit small, good. man, because I would have thought $20,000 TV. I'm thinking of like Jerry World, those big screens over there at Jerry World, or or what's going on at SoFi, or where the, where the Las Vegas Raiders play. That's what I picture 
a TV being that expensive, but man, absolutely ridiculous. But I saw this at the Costco on 1604 and Petranco. Frank Valdez reaches out on Facebook and says, better be like the movie Stay Tuned and put me on the put me in the TV shows. Exactly, right? I mean, you would think that you'd be able to interact with these actors on that TV, but man, we've got more sports, pop culture, and nostalgia to go. Again, we're giving away tickets to see Bob Dylan in concert March at the Majestic. Best caller gets it at 656 ESPN. When we call when we come back, we're talking Sean Payton. We're talking Aaron Rodgers. You know what Aaron Rodgers had to say about why people are are cheering against him? And do you believe there was collusion when it comes to Sean Payton? And do you believe he's going to the Cowboys? At 1.30, we're talking Urban Cowboy Movie Review Wednesday. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. It's Halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. Time is overrated. We get sold this whole image of retirement by these investment groups on TV and golf courses and retirement. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I still have a vision for, for doing things in football. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, that might be coaching again at some point. I don't think it's this year. I think maybe in the future, but that's not where my heart is right now. It's not at all. Um, No kidding. Yeah. No surprise. That is Sean Payton, former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, my favorite football team, making the announcement yesterday that he is stepping down as head coach of the Saints. No surprise. I mean, we've been hearing these rumblings and rumors for a while that the Dallas Cowboys might be interested in Sean Payton's services. We've seen Mike McCarthy advocate for his job over the past couple of weeks, ever since they lost to the 49ers in the wildcard game. Sean Payton, man, as a Saints fan, I, I'm I'm happy for him in the sense that he had a long career with the Saints. I'm happy that he brought a Super Bowl to the city of New Orleans and to that team. Um, It's just one of those things where, man, I smell collusion when it comes to this. I absolutely smell collusion. You're telling me that all these rumblings about how the Cowboys want him had nothing to do with Sean Payton stepping down. Now, granted, they don't have a quarterback. Granted, they have a bad salary cap situation going on right now. But he was under contract. It was a contract he just recently signed. He had three years left on that deal. He was getting paid $9 million pledger. If I had to ask you this, was there collusion going on? And when I say collusion, I'm talking about the LeBron James level of collusion where suddenly teams are uniting and coming together. But do you smell collusion at all when it comes to this? Two things on that. A, what if I told you that there was already a deal done way back in 2019? Oh, I've heard about this. Educate us all. All right. So in pro football talk, Mike Florio, who's selling a book, talks about how Anthony Davis wrecked Sean Payton to the Cowboys. It was after their loss to the Rams in the divisional round of the playoffs. Jason Garrett, if you remember, was going into that season as a walk-around lame duck head coach Mm -hmm. who was basically coaching for his job and the team fell flat because they all knew that Jason Garrett was done. (laughs) So, behind the scenes, after that loss, Jerry Jones had worked out with the Saints a trade to acquire Sean Payton. All the, everything was set 
Finances were done. Compensation was agreed to. But then on January the 28th, Anthony Davis comes out and requests a trade out of New Orleans to the Los Angeles Lakers. Different sport. But it it links up because Gail Benson owns both the Saints and the Pelicans. And Mickey Loomis is not only the general manager of the Saints, but I found out through this, he is also the VP of basketball operations for the Pelicans. Well, they could not lose two franchise icons in the same week, and so they talked Sean Payton back from Dallas, gave him a nice extension in September of that year going into the season that he is now currently three years left on that deal. And you asked why would Sean Payton want out. May I present this argument to you? You're $74 million over the cap. You're going to have to start unloading people, contracts, everything just to get back to even on the ledger when it comes to and a couple of bad seasons. No coach is immune to it. Doesn't matter who it is. Bad seasons will get you fired. So instead of having that on your resume, what is the quickest way to a rebuild if you are about to tear it to the ground for the salary cap? I get that. To get draft compensation. So Peyton, as you said, was almost signed, sealed, and delivered to the Cowboys way back when. Okay, so he has history with the Cowboys. He was an assistant coach from 2003 to 2005. I get that. Okay, and I get him wanting to bail because it's a sinking ship right now. My problem is, is that I smell collusion. I smell wink and nod when it comes to this. I kind of equate this to your girlfriend or wife leaving you for someone that you knew they were going to go get with when they left you. And they say, I never cheated on you. I was never with that other guy. But you knew in the back of your mind that that was the guy that they wanted to be with. And all of a sudden, that other guy is breaking up with their girlfriend or their wife. And all of a sudden, suddenly they just magically both become single at the same time. And they're connecting. And they're comforting each other. That's what I'm seeing here, okay? They are all they are star-crossed lovers looking at each other. Secret lovers. That's what they are, Okay. <laughs> And I'm over here, a jilted lover, seeing my coach leave. Okay. That's what happened. So you're a jilted lover. But can you at least get behind me that a, a coach is going to get fired no matter what if they're going to have multiple down no, seasons? No, Sean correct? Payton was not going to get fired. He owns the city of New Orleans. And I'm glad. I am happy for him. He was not going to ever get fired. He is basically, I'm not saying Popovich level status over there. But he is loved over there. He is not Coach O in Louisiana. But you look at, and this is where I'm going to call you out for being a hypocrite, too, because you laughed at Oklahoma and LSU when Lincoln Riley played them both and bolted to USC. So now that Sean Payton might have been doing this behind the scenes, now you're jilted. I'm a jilted lover, baby. I mean, come on. You know. So the the hypocrisy with that is hysterical to me. But. I look at this, and maybe Sean and Gail, because remember, Gail, a couple of days ago, we had that audio of her laughing like, oh, Sean, who knows with him? He'll let us know when he's ready. Don't you think she, A, already knew? And maybe the Saints, in their own best interest, knowing they're about to tear it down to hold on to Bruce Allen, who may have left to become a head coach somewhere else, Mm -hmm. allowed Sean Payton to get some compensation for him, clear the decks to save Bruce Allen before he left. 
Let's talk about that compensation. Okay, so, as you know, or as I'm telling you, Sean Payton was under contract for three more years. And Cowboy fans, if you want Sean Payton to be the head coach, if you want him to replace Mike McCarthy, you guys got to fork up a lot of draft picks, or at least a very, very, very big one. I saw people commenting on, on Facebook and Twitter saying, hey, well, Bruce Arians, you know, when he went from Arizona to Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians, you know, all they needed to give up was a late-round draft pick, like a sixth or a seventh rounder, and that was perfectly fine. Bruce Arians sat out for two seasons. So, Cowboy fans, are you willing to wait for Sean Payton for two seasons? Is that what you want? Or are you willing to give up a top draft pick? Are you willing to give up a second rounder, a first rounder? What about multiples? Because this isn't Sean Payton's decision. It is not Jerry Jones's decision. It is the decision of the New Orleans Saints. They have to say yes. They have to agree to these terms in order for Sean Payton to be the coach of the Cowboys. That's what you need to understand. But apparently, I'm a big hypocrite over here. Chris is on line one. Why am I a hypocrite, my man? Thanks for calling in. Hey, Mike, what's going on? All right, first and foremost, stay tuned. I know you didn't know that that was a movie reference, but in, in fact it is. Uh, John Ritter, R.I.P. <laughs> Best Man Alive. Anyways, uh, you're okay, and I know you've talked to us before about kids uh, entering the transfer portal yeah. just because they're not getting their playing time. These little babies that the um, colleges and universities give them this scholarship thus taking away from somebody who may have been playing his butt off for years and years only because I'm not getting the playing time that I deserve. But that's okay for them to do it, but then it's not okay because it's your team? Oh, Chris. Chris, I love the call. Hey, Pledge, take down his number. He's the leader of the pack right now. As of right now, he's the leader to get the Bob Dylan tickets at the Majestic. Can you beat his call? Can you beat Chris's call? Calling me a hypocrite. First of all, I understand that I am a hypocrite, but I think you're wrong oh, on good. this Oh, good. I'm one. glad you noticed. Okay. Uh, but, but I think the example he gave was incorrect, okay? Because these kids who are in college entering the transfer portal aren't getting played. You know, they're not playing most of the time, or they're out of the system, or they're out of favor. Sean Payton was not out of favor. The Saints wanted him. They tried to keep him. They paid him $9 million a year. They wanted him to stay in New Orleans. He was wanted. He was loved. These players entering the transfer portal in the NCAA were not being loved. They were not being shown the love. The people that recruited them were leaving, and therefore they wanted to go someplace where they could get an opportunity. Sean Payton was loved in New Orleans and is still loved there. So I'm a hypocrite because it does involve my team. I do get that. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think that uh, it's the right correlation between the two. Okay, But again, I smell collusion. I firmly believe that Sean Payton will be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys at some point. But if you want him sooner than later, it's going to cost you, Cowboy fans. It's going to cost some draft capital. Hey, uh, let's stick with the NFL. Uh Talk about somebody who is out of favor. I mean, you know, who's not a free agent but may fight his way out is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I believe, has one year left on his deal before he can become a free agent. But it kind of sounds like he may not want to stay in Green Bay. Maybe the, maybe the Packers unload him. They do have Jordan Love that they drafted recently in the first round. 
Jordan Love looked awful when he subbed in for Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers has taken on the role of the villain in the NFL, and he was just on the Pat McAfee show yesterday talking about how he understands that he gets the sense, the feeling that people wanted him to lose. There were a ton of people tuning in, rooting against us for one reason and one reason only. It's because of uh, you know my vaccination status and them wanting to see us lose so they could pile on and and, uh, and enjoy and revel in the fact that uh, you know my vaccination status was uh, you know some sort of reason why we haven't had success in the playoffs or whatever it might be some sort of correlation. Aaron, people don't hate you because of your vaccination status. They hate you because you lied. That's basically it. I mean, we live in a world right now where we understand that there are people who want to become vaccinated and there are those who don't want to be vaccinated. The problem is, is that he lied about his status to everybody and gave people a different impression or opinion about it all. And that's why you're hated. That on top of the fact that you're kind of a D-bag in many ways all throughout the years. Here's the thing. I do think that he's hated because of his vaccination status, because the reason he lied is because there is such a vitriol to those who, whether they've done their own research, right or wrong, whatever it may be, believe a certain way. And we can't just accept their beliefs. We have to force our own beliefs upon someone else. No, I, I don't believe that people hate people for being unvaccinated. That is their right. That is their that is the right. They, but there everyone are, has a right. There are there people are, that hate him but, for that. And there are people who hate people who are vaccinated too. Call them sheep and call them, you know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, things like that. So there there's hate on both sides. You can be unvaccinated, have a logical argument, and basically be left alone. But he didn't. He decided to lie about it. But it's weird how the spokespeople for this are two of the most hated people out there, not because of vaccination status, but because of who they were before the whole pandemic. Kyrie Irving. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers. These should not be the spokespeople for those who want to remain unvaccinated. Those aren't the people. The, this wasn't a Tim Duncan type of figure. This wasn't a, you know, uh, a Peyton Manning type of figure or a Drew Brees. Aaron Rodgers is known as being an arrogant and cocky guy who doesn't even get along with his own family, man. So come on, we we know what kind of person that he is. The vaccination status thing was basically gasoline being thrown on top of the fire. But man, um, Aaron Rodgers, though, uh, as much as I can't stand him, pledge, I'll be a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. God, I'd love for him to be quarterback of the the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) I wonder if he'll take a negative $30 million pay cut. Like, can he get a contract that's negative $30 million against the cap to but, save y'all some room? But, man, I will say this, though. It's not like the Packers ever put a really, really good team around him. That's the thing about Tom Brady and about Aaron Rodgers. The difference is, is that Tom Brady had top 10 defenses year after year after year with Tampa Bay and New England. Rodgers, not so much. Fred Villarreal on YouTube says, I like the new Jimenez, the acquired hypocrite taste. You know what? You like me on this radio. You need me on this radio. Wait, do you understand that reference? Yes, I do. Okay, just checking. A few good men. Great movie. 
Great movie. Just, I, with you, I'm I'm never certain. A Few Good Men is an A plus 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 movie. That's a movie where if it comes on, I see it, I stop and watch because man, Cruz, Nicholson, Bacon, Demi Moore, good times. At one thirty, I'm giving a movie review of Urban Cowboy. Rudy J will be with us when it comes to that. At 1 o'clock, who's the most unstoppable athlete you've ever seen? Let us know on Facebook and on YouTube. Again, we're giving away tickets to the Bob Dylan concert at the Majestic. You have to be the best caller of the day, 656-ESPN. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. This is Joe Reinagle. Drive home with Jason Minix and me today at 4, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. Upload a photo of what's on your grill and enter a description and recipe at sasportstar.com and you can win a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. Winner chosen every Thursday at 6 on The Blitz. Welcome back to Halftime on the San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. On the go at sasportstar.com soon to be 103.3 FM beginning February 1st. On YouTube, we're live on YouTube and Facebook right now. Fred Villarreal reaches out and says, LOL, the truth is, I agree more than I disagree with when it comes to Jimenez. Pledge. That's the impression that I get. I know. And you know what's funny is that people are reaching out to me on Twitter, on Facebook, instant message, and on text message asking me why I'm so angry today. I'm not angry. I'm in a good mood, man. I'm a loving dude. I'm a happy guy, but man, Pledger was not a happy guy earlier. It was so funny. I'll reach out to Pledger about this earlier, but I got him lunch and paper straws he does not like. He, I gave him a paper straw and he flipped out. So Pledge, you know, he's a happy-go-lucky kind of guy, but uh, give him a paper straw and you'll see the fangs come out. But uh, man, welcome back to Halftime. We talk sports, pop culture, and nostalgia. It was so funny last night. I was wanting to watch something. What need to stream something new, man, because I've gone through all my shows and I need something new. And I noticed that Ozark season four was just dropped on Netflix. And the fact of the matter is, is that I've only seen the first two seasons. So I hadn't seen three yet. And I was about to turn three on when I thought about it. And my wife was there with me and she never saw the first two seasons because she was into another drug drama called Queen of the South. And I looked over at my wife and I said, Selena, would you like to watch Ozark? And she said, sure. So I decided to start all over again and go back to season one. And hopefully we'll go together through seasons one, two, three, and four. But in there, there's a silver fox. There's a good looking dude in there named Isai Morales. He's in season one. And my wife is looking over at him and thinking that uh, he's a good looking man. And she kind of even motions to me and says, dude, that guy's hot. And I looked at her and I said, babe, you think Bob from La Bamba is hot? And she just looked at me, her jaw dropped and could not believe that that was the same guy that played Bob in La Bamba. For those of you who don't know who uh, Bob from La Bamba is, he's the guy that screams at the bridge at the end, Richie! That Bob from La Bamba. So she's Google imaging Bob from La Bamba. And looking at the screen and going, this cannot be the same guy. But 35 years later, it is the same guy. Eastside Morales, that's one good-looking dude. But man, 
Uh, so far, going back to season one, I was talking to Rob Thompson about it. He was like, oh my God, that's the episode where this and this and this happened. I was like, that's exactly the episode where that happened. But man, welcome back to Halftime on the San Antonio Sports Star. We are giving away tickets to... Oh, uh, John Dyer says, ha ha ha, the, my wife had the same reaction with Bob on Ozark. Dude, it, it's weird, man. That guy is so handsome. And if you remember Bob from back in the day in La Bamba, that guy had like really, really long curly hair, kind of curlyish hair. He wasn't the greatest looking guy in the world. He was just a complete jackass to, to his brother and to his mom on that. And he's, he's iconic in 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 mexican american movie history right i mean this is isai morales but he has aged very very well but uh man we're gonna be talking about movie reviews coming up at 1 30 we have urban cowboy i had not seen it before apparently there's a debate as to whether we are supposed to be team sissy or team pam i'll let you know which team i'm on my wife also has a review of that in the sense that she gave her letter grade Kilbasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656 ESPN, and that's where we find Drew from the Woodlands. He thinks that Derek is the new Bryn Forbes. What's going on, Drew? Yeah, but you know, but you know Bryn uh, has never, is never going to earn $18 million. I don't even think that uh, maybe Parker earned $18 million a year. I don't think Ginobili ever did. You know, Tim got more than $18 million, but there's been very few Spurs who are going to be get, getting $18, nearly $19 million, $73 million contact for, contract. For this is, could be an infamous contract on the size of Gasol type contracts, right? Yeah. If if this guy pans out to be like you and I are talking, I'm with you on a lot of things, Mike, Mister Jimenez, Mister. I like the old uh, fantasy god moniker, <laughs> but but this could be if he's like if we're right. I mean, and this guy was just like he had a couple of dozen good games when he took over for DJ. And a couple of dozen good games in the bubble, and everybody in Spurs Twitter and Spurs Landia, which is a pretty. Ba- Can you imagine that the Red Rocket Spurs Landia, and he, he gets less views on YouTube than almost anybody else? What's going on with social media? Spurs? <laughs> Come on, it's a dead podcast. Uh, but in Spurs Landia, everybody going over the oh, he's, he's people are saying he's the best player on the team. He's better than DJ, and it, I just see a guy. He's like Brent Forbes, like an inverse Brent Forbes. He's even doing a hand slap. But, you know, Brent Forbes never got paid nearly $20 million a year. Well, Drew, we got 30 seconds left in this segment, so i got to let you go. Apologize for that, Drew, uh, but we're coming up on the break. Here's the thing. Drew brings up the point that this contract that Derek White has with the Spurs could be a Paul Gasol type of deal where it's toxic for Spurs fans. It's toxic for the team. And you know what, Drew? You make an excellent point there because I never thought about it that way. That is a potentially toxic contract because the Spurs might have, to, might have to buy it out someday, might have to absorb it and just eat it, or have a hard time trading it. So, man, thank you for the call. Again, the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines are open for the next hour, but we have one more hour of halftime to go. When we come back, we're talking about the most unstoppable players we've ever seen in sports. And at 1.30, Urban Cowboy, the review you've been waiting for. This is Halftime on the San Antonio Sports Star. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. It's hour number two of halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. 
We're on the go at sasportstar.com. We're moving to 103.3 FM beginning February 1st. My name is Michael Jimenez. James Pledger is with me today. You know, I got reminded a while back, earlier this morning, that it's the two-year anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant. And when I heard that, I just stopped. I cannot believe it happened in the first place. I cannot believe it's been two years since Kobe Bean Bryant left this earth, that helicopter crash in Southern California, which also took the life of his daughter, Gigi. And we've seen what Vanessa Bryant's been going through as a, as a widow. And six others. Yeah, and six others. You know, teammates and the parents of, of Gigi, they were going to pilot. her game. Yeah, the pilot as well. And then all the things that happened thereafter, how uh, there are firefighters and, and uh, first responders who are accused of taking photos and spreading it among themselves, and there have been lawsuits regarding this, and tragic all around. But Pledge, do you remember where you were when you heard that Kobe died? Yeah, I was here. What were you? Because it happened on Saturday, right? It happened um, two years ago. It would have been a Monday. It was like the Monday of Super Bowl. Yeah, it was Super Bowl week because the guys were on Radio Row, mm -hmm. so they basically found out about it coming off of a plane as they were getting ready to get in an Uber and head and get ready for the show. So, like, I remember exactly like I'm here, I'm doing my things behind the board and. I start to see something drop, and I'm like, "That's not real." Somebody, yeah, like, and then it just can. It's it's a lot like you know when Michael Jackson passed, and it's like that TMZ, that's fake, right? And then it starts to gain credibility as more and more start pouring onto the story, and it's like, "Oh my goodness!" And one of those things where TMZ knows everything, they must pay off so many people for their information because they get everything. And it used to be that I thought TMZ was like the National Enquirer. In the sense that they were wrong yeah. 99% of the time. But TMZ over the past 10 years has become a really reputable source of information. Both on the entertainment side and also on the sports side. TMZ Sports is amazing. But that's how I found out. I was just kind of going through TMZ. And they said a uh, helicopter crash involving Kobe Bryant. He's dead at the age of 40 whatever. And I was like, no. It, it couldn't be. And then you know to hear the tributes that went out there and hearing... You know, Manu Ginobili and, and Tim Duncan talk about him and Popovich talk about Kobe. I cannot believe it's been two years. But man, you know, he was unstoppable in many, many ways. You know, the great battles that he scored had against 81. the Spurs. <laughs> he scored 81, man. You said it right there. But he was unstoppable in many ways. And it got me thinking, you know, who are the most unstoppable players that you ever had the pleasure of seeing? And if you want to reach out to us, we're live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. Leave a comment or call into the Kobasa Bacon phone lines at 656-ESPN. That is 656-3776. Again, the best caller of the day gets tickets to the Bob Dylan concert over in uh, March at the Majestic Theater. But man, Kobe Bryant, I mean, I, I had the pleasure of watching him play in person. You know, I went to all a lot of those games, those rivalry games with the Spurs and the Lakers back in the day. Um, I mean, Shaq was also an unstoppable force for, for many, many seasons as well, unless you deployed the hack-a-shack type of thing. But man, you know, going back in time, I mean, I'm old enough to remember Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders doing what they do. Deion mm -hmm. Sanders, you know, 
getting, you know, playing football, scoring a touchdown, getting an interception, and then, oh, by the way, let me go play baseball later on in the week and being in the playoffs for the Braves. To me, my two favorite players of all time of any sport will be Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders. And I can't think of anybody else who will be greater than them at doing what they did because they were so versatile in what they did. I mean, they, they could have been Hall of Famers in one, in both sports yeah. if they played them, you know, just played just one of them. Well, I don't think Dion was ever going to be a Hall of Fame baseball player. Well, I mean, we, we don't know what, what could have happened if he had dedicated himself to sure. that sport. But when I think of unstoppability, Wilt Chamberlain comes to mind, a man who scored 100 points in a game. Mm-hmm. A man who, there's a ton of scoring records that will probably be, never be broken. I think of him as one of the most unstoppable players ever. Tiger Woods. At his peak was the most unstoppable force in golf that I had ever seen in my life. Agreed. I think about Barry Bonds as he is not in the Hall of Fame and has fallen off the ballot. People with the bases loaded were so terrified of him, they would walk him to give up one run instead of four. (laughs) I had never seen that before in my life. And that was the thing about steroids, was that steroids don't help you hit the ball. They help you hit the ball further. That guy had the best eye ever as a batter. He was a Hall of Famer before he started juicing. I mean, he had that talent. I remember seeing Barry Bonds when he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, We went to Dodger Stadium. My family took me over there. And Barry Bonds hit a home run that game. And the the, uh, Pirates Pirates won. I remember Mike LaValliere, who was their catcher, had the game-winning homer for that game. I'll I'll never forget that memory. Um, You know, you, you take a look at Tiger Woods. You know, the thing about Tiger Woods was that he was so intimidating. And people wilted under the pressure of knowing that if he was in the lead on Sunday, you were going to lose. He -hmm. was not the kind of guy to catch up. What he would do is he would, you know, basically win the tournament round two and three and then just coast his way through because you weren't going to catch him. You were playing for second at that point. He was so unstoppable. Augusta changed its layout because of him. (laughs) They did. He shattered a scoring record that had stood forever. And they were like, if we don't do something, he will never lose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rafael Nadal at, at Roland Garros. I was going to ask you because Rafa at Roland Garros, but I was going to ask you, being a tennis guy, more unstoppable uh, like in his prime, is it just Rafa at the French or... Was because there was Federer a period. There was a pair uh, a period of time in which Roger Federer stepped on a court and won. Didn't matter if it was Wimbledon or or uh, hard court. Right. So th- that's the thing about tennis that's interesting, and that's why I believe that Novak Djokovic is the greatest of all time because he was able to win at Roland Garros at the French Open twice. He had the Grand Slam two times. Two times he won the Grand Slam. Whereas the career slam, whereas Nadal only won once, you know, uh, at Wimbledon, and 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 Federer only won once at Roland Garros, so that's kind of interesting. But but it, it's weird how they became specialists at it, and you know, clay courts are from Europe. That's kind of where they come from. There's really few in the United States, unless you're in the woodlands, you know, here in De- in Texas. That's like where you can play clay clay tennis, right? Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that. 
they were all very, very dominant, but man, Joker uh, is, is the best of them all. And it's so funny because in the Australian Open, he wasn't able to defend his title because of the whole vaccination thing. Again, it's so funny. That is the ambassador of those who not who don't want to be vaccinated is Aaron Rodgers, Kyrie Irving, and Novak Djokovic, three people who were hated before the whole pandemic. It's just so weird. Chris Gonzalez reaches out on Facebook and says, Serena Williams, that's correct. Frank Valdez, Bo Jackson on Tecmo Bowl. That was just cheating, man. You know, if you play Tecmo Bowl growing up and you had the Raiders on there with Bo Jackson and Marcus Allen, that was absolute cheating. I remember that Family Guy episode where Peter Griffin's playing Cleveland Brown and he's playing as Bo Jackson. He's going up and down the field. He goes from like the 50-yard line all the way to the one-yard line, going back 49 yards, and then going (laughs) all the way back 100 yards. He goes, come on, just tackle me. Just tackle me once. Uh, I will say this. Do you remember Madden 06? Yes, I do. Peyton Manning, because they had this thing called field vision during the 06 Madden. And if you remember, it was this cone that certain quarterbacks had of like their field of vision. Yeah. And... Manning's was like 360. (laughs) No, uh, the running backs uh, in the Madden games back in the day, the early 2000s, you know, when you had players like uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, those were good guys. 2004, Michael Vick and Madden, that's very true as well. Now we're talking about, like, fake people. We're talking about... I mean, they're real. They're real, but man, you know, it's, it's interesting talking about, like, the greatest of all time. I mean, the Spurs have greatness here when it came to Tim Duncan, when it came to Manu Ginobili and, and Tony Parker. I, I was looking at a Facebook post pledge that really concerned me, man. It huh? said the year is 2041. I am 64 years old. And if I am trying to win an argument with an, with an NBA fan by saying, how many titles has your team won? And I'm referring to the fact that it's Tim, Tony, and Manu, and the Spurs haven't won anything since. Oh, you're afraid y'all are about to become the Cowboys? I'm going to be the Cowboy fan when it comes to that. Think about that. That would be the year 2041. That's the comparison to the Cowboys right now. Botteo Franklin with the uh, Facebook uh, post of the day. Will Chamberlain couldn't be stopped on or off the court. I've done the math, man. That's all (laughs) nonsense, isn't it? I don't believe the whole thing that he was with 10,000 women. I don't, I the don't the math isn't there, man. I mean, you take 10,000, you divide that by 365, and the math gets a little bit fuzzy, man. Come on. It wasn't in a year. Well, I I'm, I understand that, but how many years do you have to live to make that happen? I mean, <laughs> I'm not putting it past him. <laughs> Welcome back. You scored 100. Welcome back to halftime. On San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN, AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. You know, we talk sports, pop culture, nostalgia. At one thirty, Rudy J will join us as we talk about the movie Urban Cowboy. But before that, let's get some headlines in. Here's Pleasure with the 411 in the 210. Here's the 411 in the 210. Headline 2. All right, we'll start off with these nine head coaching vacancies across the NFL, with none of them still being filled to this point. At least, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn seems to be a hot candidate and play for almost all of them, seemingly interviewed for all of them. He finished up an interview with the New York Giants yesterday. New York also requested to interview Cowboys defensive backs 
coach Joe Witt Jr. for their defensive coordinator position. Looks like New York may be trying to export as much from Dallas as they can. (laughs) Baltimore and Seattle also put in interview requests for Joe Witt Jr. And regarding Quinn, the Chicago Bears, who hired... Uh, Director of Player Personnel Ryan Poles yesterday to be their new general manager have since now asked for a second interview with Dan Quinn as well. Okay, nine spots available, correct? Nine. You would think that Dan Quinn's a goner at some point, right? He's going to get at least one offer from these nine. He's the favorite at three, it feels like. Yeah, so he's gone. So Cowboy fans, unless you're going to replace Mike McCarthy with him, Dan Quinn's a goner, right? But don't worry, Mike McCarthy... Will be coming on soon, right? Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy will be coming back or Sean Payton. One thing I know for certain, Pledge, mm-hmm. there's a complete issue. If there are nine openings, essentially a third of the league, if Eric Bieniemy does not get one of these jobs, there's a big issue in the NFL when it comes to hiring. How is that guy, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, how is he not getting head coaching jobs? If there are nine openings and he doesn't get one of them, I'm going to be really concerned about the NFL. Headline one. The NFL announced today that Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans, linebacker Devin White, and safety Antoine Winfield Jr., Tennessee Titans pass rusher Harold Landry, and Minnesota Vikings offensive tackle Brian O'Neill are all Pro Bowl injury replacements. They'll, re- they'll be replacing Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams, Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner, safety Quandre Diggs, Chargers pass rusher Joey Bosa, and Tampa Bay Bucks offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs. Is there a more useless all-star team than the NFL? Oh, God. I mean, they name essentially a third of the of the league's quarterbacks because Just... no one wants to go anymore. It used to be after the Super Bowl, they would go to Hawaii and do that, do the Pro Bowl thing over there, and it was a fun time. But now that they do it before the game, it just hasn't been the same, and no one wants to go all the way over there to play, if they're even going to be playing these games anymore. Um... It's 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 bad football out there. No one's tackling. It's worse than the NBA All-Star game. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, would like to say it's bad, well, what, but what, it's fair. Who plays better defense? NBA All-Star game or or the Pro Bowl? Well, and MLB All-Star game too. That well, yeah, but at least they're trying. They yeah, that's some, what I mean. They play defense there because they have something to play for. Who's going to host the World Series? That's still the rule, right? No. Oh, it's not the rule anymore? I'm stuck in 2012. Uh-huh. The last time I really cared about baseball. <laughs> Headline zero. Real fast. Game, that, that's game six. Uh, Rangers and Cardinals. Uh-huh. When the Rangers were one strike away from winning the World Series. That's the day baseball died for me. Take a step back. <laughs> All you needed to do was take one single step back, Nelson Cruz. <laughs> I'm still not over it. (laughs) I can tell your final headline revolves around former Tampa Bay Bucks wide receiver Antonio Brown, as he is reportedly about to sue the Buccaneers. He went on HBO Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel with his attorney, Sean Burston, who you'll hear from first, to discuss Tampa allegedly trying to pay him off. We actually have Bryant in the medical records that we've reviewed evidence that the team regularly injected Antonio with Toradol so he couldn't feel the damage that he was doing to his ankle 
until it got to that threshold point where he told his coach, coach, I can't play because of my ankle. And the coach's response to that was get the F off the field. Okay, so so the Bucks shot you with Toradol in the week before, before the Carolina game, correct? Absolutely. They shot you again before the Jets game, correct? Absolutely. And you played the first half and had three catches for 26 yards, correct? Yes. And Arians claims that at halftime then, you were upset about not getting more balls thrown your way. True or false? Is he lying? False. It's not worrying about the ball. Tom Brady is my guy. He's the reason I'm on Tampa Bay, so I know I'm going to get the ball. Antonio, I saw where you seem to resent the feelings of so many former coaches and, and teammates that you were in need of, of mental assistance. Does that bother you? Mental assistance from who? Professional assistance. To the extent any of that is coming from a spin that Antonio had a spontaneous mental episode, it's resentful and it's hurtful, and it's a disservice to people who do suffer from mental health challenges. We all have our, our difficulties, Antonio, myself, everybody. Yeah, these guys at Tampa Bay Bucks tried to make an agreement with me to give me $200,000 to go to the crazy house so these guys can look like they know what they're talking about. Wait, guys wait, 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 they wrong. offered you $200,000 for them. what? The, off the offer was Antonio would basically sit on the sidelines, go on some list, uh, and commit himself to some form of intensive mental health treatment. And we were specifically told in writing by the general manager twice, don't spin this any other way. Antonio, do you think you need mental help of any kind? I have mental wealth, man. I know. Wow. He's got mental wealth. That was Antonio Brown, formerly of the Buccaneers, suing his former team on Real Sports, HBO Real Sports with Brian Gumble. He was there with his attorney, Sean Burston, discussing the uh, Tampa Bay allegedly trying to pay him off. You know, Pledge, when I learn more and more about this, I believe Antonio Brown a little bit. I think really? some of this is true. The problem is, is that he's the wrong guy to have this, this conversation with, man, because again, he's a jerk. He's the one who's posting memes saying the Bucks got eliminated. He's, he's antagonizing that team. And do I believe that the Bucks went coach Kilmer from Varsity Blues and shot him up with needles and said, can he play? Can he play? I believe that there's some validity to that. And you know what? I will say this about Antonio Brown and his attorney. They are smart because they went to HBO Real Sports, a great program with the resources to further investigate this. Brian Gumble and that whole crew is going to look into this, and I bet you something comes out of it. Wow. So you think that they legitimately offered to pay him off yeah. to admit that it wasn't an injury, that it was mental health. I believe there's something fishy going on, and they wouldn't have gone to HBO Sports for any other reason. They would have been on the Pat McAfee show. They would have been on Dan Levitard. They would have been on another show where I mean, they're not going to investigate this. To but be they fair. are going to investigative journalists about this. Something is up. I'm not saying that they're 100% truthful. What I'm saying is, is that there's something there that, that the Bucks don't want to see. I understand. Come out that this was from HBO Real Sports. Yeah. You understand he's been on like 800 podcasts since he got cut by the Buccaneers, right? Oh, I understand that, but he's not talking necessarily about this in general being very specific. He's just being a jackass when he's doing that. I mean, ever since he froze his feet off, 
I find him so hard to like take serious <laughs> about know. anything. That's the thing. He has. You can't take him seriously. He doesn't have. But it's like the boy that cried wolf at some point, right? Right. Like it, at some point, it, he may be telling that's the why, truth. That's why the voice needs to come from somebody else. That's why it has to come from an investigation from someone independent, like a Bryant Gumble, like an HBO Sports. That's why I think it's smart doing what they're doing and going where they went. That's the four one one and a two one zero. You know, earlier to start the show, people thought I was mad. I'm not mad at the Spurs, man. You are. I mean, I want them to have a top five pick, but I had a little bit of a rant, and I blame James Pledger because when I first started here at San Antonio Sports Star, you put me on the therapy couch on Saturday mornings and would have me vent about the Spurs, and I went off on the fact that, you know, Derek White right now is ranked number 148 in the NBA for three-point accuracy, and he's our starting shooting guard. And Lonnie Walker is ranked number 149, both of them under 29.5% for the year. Meantime, the Spurs have Keldon Johnson, who ranks third in the NBA in three-point shooting, but he doesn't get the attempts that Lonnie gets, doesn't get the attempts that Derek White gets, or DeJounte Murray. The Spurs are not a good three-point shooting team. I want the Spurs to rack up some L's so that they get a good draft pick, because again, tonight they play the Memphis Grizzlies, and you're going to see two top five picks out there. You're going to see John Morant, and you're going to see Jaron Jackson, and you're going to see what it what it takes to have a very young, up-and-coming team that is doing well in free agency, that's doing well in the draft, and doing well in development. And Pledger is still furious about the straw that he got at lunch. Dude, what is going on over there? I forget every time I put my drink down, and then I am... Fueled with rage every time I go to drink out. <laughs> For some reason, you were very nice and offered to pick up Jimmy John's on the way here, and I am very appreciative of that. What I am unappreciative of is when I opened my straw to find out not a regular straw that I'm used to getting from Jimmy John's, but some kind of paper facsimile that every time my lips hit, I get irrationally mad at. And Pledger started screaming, what is this, California? Man, I never thought I'd hear you say that, Pledge, but I'm kind of proud of you with that. You know, I can be conservative with some things and liberal with other things, but paper straws, I will not be down for. By the way, we are taking phone calls, 656 <laughs> ESPN. Yours already looks like it's disintegrating. Yeah. <laughs> 656 ESPN, the best call of the day, gets tickets to see Bob Dylan at the Majestic Theater. When we come back... The time is now. The time is here, baby. The time to review Urban Cowboy, the classic starring John Travolta. Am I Team Pam? Am I Team Sissy? Rudy J is going to join us on the other side to discuss this Texas classic. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. Omicron has caused games to be postponed, stopped, and rescheduled. The NBA, NHL, NFL, and college hoops have all been affected by Omicron, leaving us fans high and dry. It's unfortunate, to say the least. Um, I mean, you don't know one day to the next what's going to happen. Will the leagues continue to shut down players in play? Stay connected and talk about it here. I hate masks, so uh, we'll see how that goes. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 94.5 FM. Not all pizza places are the same. 
Mellow Mushroom originated hand-tossed stone-baked classic southern pizza. Not in the mood for pizza? Order a calzone, hoagie, sandwich, burger, or a mellow salad and see how care goes into every item on the menu. Take your pick from 24 draft beers and or handcrafted cocktails. And many of the pizzas can be made gluten-free or vegan. Mellow Mushroom is at 1604 in Stone Oak Parkway. Hang with friends, watch the game, and mellow out at Mellow Mushroom. This whole wall needs to be shelving, too. This is a focal point in our restaurant. Leilani's new restaurant will have the largest wine cellar in the city. She needs a robust sommelier with notes of procurement manager. Three sections for France. I mean, this is the biggest... Indeed can help her hire great people fast. Ah, I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Calling all coffee lovers. Hold on to your mugs because Panera's Unlimited Sip Club is offering the unreal deal of unlimited coffee for only $8.99 a month. Don't worry, you're not dreaming because when we say unlimited, we mean unlimited. Unlimited boosts all day long. Unlimited smells of your favorite aroma. Unlimited sips of premium hot and iced coffees. Sign up on our app today to get your first month free. Panera, the familiar made fantastic. Plus tax, first free month limited time offer. Restrictions apply. For complete details, visit www.panerabread.com slash unlimited sip club. If you've ever ordered food for work, you understand it's different. There's just so much more at stake. Whether it's a meeting, a client call, or lunch with the office that has to arrive at the actual lunchtime, food for work has to work. That's why there's Easy Cater. Food that's on time and as ordered from over 82,000 restaurants. And if there's a problem, rare, you can reach someone in seconds. Thank you for calling Easy Cater. Some food just doesn't work at work, but Easy Cater just does. Order 24-7 at easycater.com. You say goodbye, and I say hello. With Mercari, your unneeded things can find a new life. Hello, hello. Easily list and sell. I know I say goodbye, and I say hello. Or discover great finds. Hello. Buy or sell almost anything. You say goodbye, and I say hello. Download Mercari on the app stores or at Mercari.com. Mercari, your marketplace. If you've ever ordered food for work, you understand it's different. There's just so much more at stake. Whether it's a meeting, a client call, or lunch with the office that has to arrive at the actual lunchtime, food for work has to work. That's why there's Easy Cater, food that's on time and as ordered from over 82,000 restaurants. And if there's a problem, rare, you can reach someone in seconds. Thank you for calling Easy Cater. Some food just doesn't work at work, but Easy Cater just does. Order 24-7 at easycater.com. You say goodbye, and I say hello. With Mercari, your unneeded things can find a new life. Hello, hello. Easily list and sell. I know I say goodbye, and I say hello. Or discover great finds. Hello. Buy or sell almost anything. You say goodbye, and I say hello. Download Mercari on the app stores or at Mercari.com. Mercari, your marketplace. Get the latest on what's happening on the NBA hardwood. Behind the back dribble to the rim and the flush. Right here on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN 1250. 94.5 FM. Oh, yes. <laughs> Tap me in. Put me in, coach. <laughs> that is Rudy J. He's been waiting for this. Well, 
looking for love in all the wrong places. Theme song to Urban Cowboy, the 1980 classic starring John Travolta and Deborah Winger. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. On the go at SASportsStar.com. My name's Michael Jimenez. And on Wednesdays at 1.30, what do we do? We review movies. These are classic yes, movies sir. that everyone has seen, but I haven't. In the past, I've done... What did I do recently? I did Blooded Blood Out. I've done E.T., yeah. Gremlins. Uh, I did Scarface. And normally, mm-hmm. I put it on a poll, and people tell me what to watch. But this time... Outside. Don't forget about Outsiders. Oh, Outsiders, which I gave a bad review to. So some people like the reviews. Other people don't. Uh, people yeah. have accused me of, you know, being a hater or whatnot when it comes to these movies. But keep in mind, yeah, I'm 44 years old. This movie came out when I was three years old. I'm looking at it from a different set of eyes. But Rudy J, you and Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs and Ken's Five, you guys requested this movie, Urban Cowboy. Rudy, why did you request this movie? Uh, classic love story, man. It was. I, I love this movie. And it's not only that, it's Travolta. When Travolta was like on fire you know what i mean like it, he was he was that guy it's a good story it was funny not funny i just love the movie man i love it as a whole you know it's interesting because i looked at my <clears throat> wife and she was like what movie were we doing this weekend and i said i'm doing urban cowboy and she goes i've never seen saying. that so it was funny she had never seen it and i looked at her really? and i said you know what i no saw y'all are married <laughs> I've seen a couple of, yeah, she had never seen Scarface either. I had seen a couple of videos, or a couple of uh, photos, and I said, I think this is a chick flick. I'm not sure. So we're, um, so we're trying to get on. So. But everyone was telling me, Team Pam, Team Sissy, so I thought to myself, there is a love triangle somewhere in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, let's break it down. Movie came out in 1980, starred John Travolta and Deborah Winger. Uh, John Travolta plays Bud. Bud is from rural <laughs> Texas. Moves to Houston, or the Houston yes. area, to take a job at an oil refinery. He wants to raise money, or save money, so he could buy land back home and become a cowboy back home. Um, interesting thing, he goes to a nightclub the first time that he's there. The first night that he's there, hooks up with two girls. Like, dang. <laughs> next this night, guy. next night meets, meets Sissy, Deborah Winger's character. Starts making out with her on the dance floor. I'm like, man, this dude's having a good week. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you're so stupid, dog. <laughs> Your mind stays in the gutter. Yeah, like, I, you're like the you're a locker room dude, like to the <laughs> to, to, from head to toe, you're a locker room dude. So he quickly falls in love with Sissy. They decide to get married right away, and basically, what ends up happening is is that they both fall in love with mechanical bull riding. And mm-hmm. all that goes on with that, and you know, there's, there's, there, you know, John Travolta's character Bud is unhappy with Sissy going out there and riding the mechanical bull, and mm-hmm. wants her to be at home and you know cook and clean and do all that. But Sissy's not having any of that. She's like, no, I'm more of an independent woman. And uh, the house was a pigsty, though. Well, well, originally it wasn't because they had a brand new trailer that they got for their wedding gift. True. True. And uh, essentially what ends up happening is is that uh, Bud gets upset, starts uh, cheating with Pam. And no, 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 no. That's not how it happened. Tell me. I thought 
I think I, I thought they both. I thought they broke up, and she was hooking up too. Don't just no, throw my no, guy Bud no. out there like that. Sissy, because Sissy started cheating. Me. Sissy started cheating on Bud after Bud cheated on her. Are you sure? Yeah, because you just watched it last night. No, but, because what? Because it, I thought they broke up, and then they both hooked up. No, what ended up happening was. Uh, Bud got upset that Sissy wanted to ride the mechanical bull and was also upset that it was obvious that she was kind of hanging out with Wes or that she knew see? Wes, right? See, but but there's, nothing to, so he... there's nothing to say that they were that they were hooking up. But she but he takes a girl from the dance floor and right. and starts dancing in front of Sissy and takes her home or takes her out of the place. Well, he took it too far. He took it too far, but he was under the impression that she was rocking with Wes. He okay. was under that impression. Okay, so he was under the impression, but it had he, not happened. He took happened. it too far. But how was he supposed to know that, Mike? Um, maybe ask. Maybe have an adult well, conversation. Together, but, but they were still married. They were still it, married. They were together still. Okay. They went to the Mickey Gillies together that night. Okay, let's talk Let's talk about this then real quick. But we finished the movie. So if you're separated... Let's they weren't separated. No, no, no. I'm saying like you and your wife decide to, you know, we're done. Yeah. But the divorce isn't final. Yeah. That's cheating. Personal opinion, yes. It also depends really? on how long it takes. By the way, I mean, there's been some okay. some divorces that get drawn out, you know, uh, you know, months and years at a time. Then I I understand. But if it's like next day, no, dude, that's cheating. I'm sorry, it just is oh. what it is. Okay. Because the because be, be, bad, because if you have somebody on if you have somebody on deck. So willing to take a willing to take a swing, that person was on deck prior. <laughs> that that didn't that wasn't a stranger. That's not true. That wasn't That's a stranger. Yeah, I mean it, it's kind of like I've equated Sean Payton potentially going to the Cowboys as though two people that you knew were going to hook up if they if they ended up getting yeah. divorced suddenly hooking up uh -huh. and, and acting surprised that it happened. Uh, no, that, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're right. So here's the thing, man. Uh, so uh, eventually. There's an issue where Bud is hooking up with some girl named Pam who comes from money, you know her, you know, and and, and she's hot and she's and smoking. She's smoking hot, and it's one of those things where the question becomes, who does he really want to be with? Because at some point, Sissy comes around and says, you know what? Let's make this happen. There was domestic violence going on in all different directions. He said, Did he hit you, Sissy? Yeah. Did he hit you? Yeah. Because Wes. Wes was shredded, though, dude. Oh, dude, he was so shredded. Was sh he went he to a country honky tonk in a mesh shirt. He was shredded. I, hey, let me tell you something. I love Bud, but in real life, Wes would have beat his ass each and every time they fought. Like, there's <laughs> under no circumstance could Bud beat up Wes. Like, let's be clear on that. But go ahead. And then there goes on. So the basically, the the climax is that there's a five thousand dollar prize up for grabs when it comes to this bull riding competition. By the way, before all that, Deborah Winger doing her sexy moves on the mechanical hey, bull. Hey. Okay, you know what? Pam, she, Pam. she made she made she made Bud mad with that yeah. when she put the when she put a little extra on it. She yeah. put a little hot sauce on that thing. Pam yeah, Pam may put, have been hotter, she, but but uh, but uh, Sissy, Sissy was put sexier. Put a little hot sauce on that thing, dog. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Sissy. <laughs> I see okay. you. I see you. I see you, Sissy. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this contest that uh, Bud ends up winning, and then Wes tries to steal the money, and yeah. Bud Bud is pissed off that uh, Wes beat the living crap out of Sissy. But then again, mm -hmm. Bud had done that to her twice before. It was one of those movies where I couldn't tell if it was a love story, if it was just toxic relationship story is what it is. But mm -hmm. 
People ask We were part. on a break! <laughs> we were on a break. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That's real. But, okay, so what do you want to know? Do you want to know my letter grade first, or do you want to know whether or not I am Team Pam well, or Team Sissy? Okay. I want to know Team first. And as you see on my streamer name, I'm Team Sissy. And really quick, looks are not everything. Money is not everything. You know, Sissy, I mean, excuse me, Bud was just a toy. To Pam, she's just like I'm. Just looking for a cowboy, you know. At some point, she was gonna get tired of that toy. Yeah, Bud was just toy. Her sissy really loved him. She really was down for him. Like sometimes, as men, especially when we're fours, fives, and sixes, but we all we want to talk about is tens. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, we got holes in our draws, but we expect them to wear this nice, beautiful Victoria's Secret lingerie. So looks aren't everything. Yes, Pam looked better. Yes, she had more money. But there's nothing like having that person that really, really got your back, really, really love you. You are and the minority. Was, so you are I'm the minority when it comes yeah. to this because I have uh, a poll uh, out on Twitter right now. And what's the poll? at Mike ESPNSA? Simple question: Urban Cowboy teams. Team Pam or Team Sissy, and mm -hmm. right now, 51 votes in. By the way, I put this poll out about an hour and a half ago, so kind of impressed that 51 people voted on this. Team Pam right now is at 57%. Yeah, because people are shallow. Because men, 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 and I bet you if, you if you looked up that poll, all those dudes are threes. But they want a ten, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like half the dudes voting are threes, but like, yeah, let me go ahead and go roll with Pam. No, man, Sissy was down for him. Who are you? John Dyer, basic on on Facebook says my parents legit patterned their wedding after the Urban Cowboy wedding. Oh, he also reached out on Twitter awesome. and said that today we decide if you are a true Texan or not. I'm gonna let you know something, Team Pam or Team Sissy. If you had asked me throughout most of the movie, I would have said Team Pam. Mm-hmm. But I have problems with Pam. Okay, first of all... What, is, what was the problem? The main problem was she had no problem being a homewrecker. See, but he didn't tell her he was married. No, he did. did he? I can't he, he, he did? Told her, he told her on the dance floor, that is my wife. And then he oh. says, and then she says, do you want to make her jealous? Let's get out of here. So he, she had right. no problem right. with that. It's been a minute since I watched and, you right. And then when Sissy goes and cleans the house... And leaves a note for him. She hides that note and throw, then later throws it away. It and, took the credit. And, and then took the credit, right. So I was going to say that I was Team Pam the entire way. Even though she was a homewrecker and all that stuff. She was hotter. She had money. I don't know if she was hotter. She's had better clothes and had, you know, better she style. Was, uh, Sissy, see, Sissy was sneaky hot. Like, Sissy just didn't clean up well because she didn't have money. Yeah. Like, Diamond in the rough. Me. Diamond in the right, rock. Right, right. Sissy, Sissy looked like she had, like, you know how sometimes women in fatigues that, like, in the army, like, oh, she's okay, but then next thing you know, you see her out. Yeah. And you're like, oh. You need to get off TikTok, man. That's yeah. all over TikTok. That's, Is it? That's the I don't, that, I don't know. Uh, that, I don't know. That, that, that's your algorithm right there. <laughs> but no, dude, Pam, Pam is, um... She was too high maintenance, bro. Just like they just said, like I don't want to do. First of all, my wife is smoking hot. Like I outkick my coverage. Yeah. See, my brother, my brother-in-law talking about Pam. Stop it, Lou. Like my wife is super hot. I just, you know, I just got lucky that she's also down with me. Yeah, we both you know outkicked our coverage. We. You know I, I, I don't know how we lucky. did it. I got the best of both worlds. Like most of the time, 
a dime isn't going to treat you like I get treated. Like most of the time, you're going to have to go a little bit lower and get that good home home cooking, home cleaning. What, like what, someone really did. What's that old like, saying, you know that, saying that you need to be at least two points away from your spouse on a scale of one yeah. through ten? Okay, because <laughs> like, because if you're beyond, if you're two, if you're more than two, you have to work hard to keep that happening. Yeah. Either that, or they're like the nicest people in the world. They're the unicorns out there. Yeah, my wife just knew that I was going to be a, a, a superstar celebrity someday. I don't know how she saw into the crystal ball. Oh, your wife is fantastic. I, and, and I don't think you've met wife, my wife yet either. But No, uh, not in person. No, but, no, no. But uh, I asked for my coverage. Yard. We're coming up on you the did. break, but let me tell you my, my review. My wife yes. and I both gave this review the same. We both gave it? it a B plus. A B plus. Okay. That's fair. I, have I think no, that's fair. I don't know how it I would get better. I don't know how it would get better, though, because... There's nothing they could have done to make it better. It just was a B plus. They they maxed out on what it could have been. I mm-hmm. am team sissy because at the end, team Pam Pam tells Bud, "I don't love you." But see, that's are the you thing. Home, are, I don't are love you. Are you saying the home record stuff because you was watching it with your wife? Would you be saying that if you wasn't watching it with your wife? Oh no, I, like I was, she can't hear it if she's listening. <laughs> I was up front and saying that uh, you know Pam had it going on, but sissy, if sissy had the same clothes and the same hair. And all that stuff, and was rich. She would be just as hot. That's the thing. But Sissy was and ride no. or die. Sissy wanted to be, and then and then towards the end, when they decide, hey, we we you know we need to fix our mistakes. We need to learn from our mistakes. I don't want to be violent. And they're talking about it, talking things through. Uh, ultimately, none of them should be together. But if I had to pick one, it'd be Team Sissy. Rich plus hot equals crazy. That's true. That's not fair. I shouldn't do that. That's not fair. <laughs> That's very true. That's hey, not fair. Hey, real fast, some quick <laughs> anyway, facts. Thank quick, you, man. Thanks some, for having me. Some quick facts about the movie. Did you know that it was choreographed by Pat by Patsy Swayze, Patrick Swayze's mom? No way. So very interesting. It was nice. it, it was filmed in Houston. It revived it, it revived the country music sales out there. Country music sales went through the roof. Wow. And uh, man, the same four songs were being played. Looking for love in all the wrong places is is played like four times throughout the movie. By the way, who wrote that? Uh, I don't know, but I I, I don't I, know I, either. Who cares? I, I was thinking about Eddie Murphy with a Wookie Panub from Saturday Night Live back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but one You're last so crazy dog. What else? One last Johnny thing, Rudy. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. It's true. One last thing, Rudy. Yes, I was taking me, a brother. look at the soundtrack, and it's all country music, including one song from a band called the Eagles. Rob Thompson was right. Boom. They are a country band, not a rock band. Damn, Rob. <laughs> so when does when does the poll go up for next Wednesday? Oh, the poll is already up gonna, right now. And who, and who are you going with? And right now the candidates are, and I got to wrap this up. But right now the candidates yes. are uh, the Warriors, Footloose, okay, okay. Alien, <laughs> Lewis is crazy, and Officer and a Gentleman. <sighs> So we'll I'm gonna stay since you since you did the movie that I wanted this week. I'm gonna stay out of the vote and I'll just be here for your review next week. Very nice, Rudy J. That? You are the man. You outkick your coverage most definitely. You have a fantastic <laughs> wife. So do I. We need yes, to get sir. we need to get pleasure married, man. But we are gonna put a bow man, on the let, show let on the other organic. side. No, no man, no. Organic is, is before you turn forty. He's on a people are on a clock these days, man. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. See you on Peace. the other side. Hey, this is Jason Fitz, and you're on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 945 FM. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 yeah. and 945 FM. <laughs> on the go at SASportsStar.com. 
My name is Michael Jimenez, joined by James Pledger. You know, I gave my review of Urban Cowboy, gave it a B plus, and the second I said B plus, I heard a groan coming from down the hall. It is Joe Reinagle who is pissed off at me again. Dude, I don't think you watched the movie. You just read the Cliff Notes version of it, didn't you? <laughs> no, man. I watched the whole movie. Were you Team Pam or Team Sissy? Sissy. Okay. Sure. Now, now, granted, that was a good time with Pam. And, you know, I'm surprised Bud didn't take all the presents and stuff. I, yeah, I probably would have done that. But, you know, Sissy was the wise choice. Yeah, uh, Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs and Ken's 5 texted me saying that uh, Bud would have been upset later on. He would have regretted choosing Sissy and that he would be telling all his friends about that one time he was hooking up with Pam. Well, and, and the thing about it is he probably could have got a sweet job as an oil executive if he'd have stayed with Pam. You know, so you got to look at that, too. Why do you hate my reviews so much? Dude, because these because are classic you, you, movies. Because that you're... because I sign off, you know, go into the commercial break, and I just hear you ranting and raving on the other <laughs> side of the building, going, "What is he meant is doing?" You know, you need to start watching like uh, movies from like '95 or something, not these <laughs> classics. Because now, next, I'm scared to death, right? Because Alien is a, is a choice. The Warriors, uh, Officer and a Gentleman, dude, those are movies that. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> I grew up with. There was somebody last week who reached out and said, I cannot believe you said what you said about Tarantino movies. And I looked at Pledge, I was like, what did I say about Tarantino movies? <laughs> I love Tarantino movies. And now people just automatically assume that I hate certain movies, even though I've never given a review about it, never mentioned Quentin Tarantino. By the way, I like most of his movies. The one I didn't like was Django Unchained. But I loved... Pulp Fiction, I loved Reservoir Dogs, and a few other movies he did. Django Unchained was pretty good, though. I don't know, man. My wife and I just didn't get into We didn't get into, what's that one, uh, the, the Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio one? Once I'm, Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm going to give it uh, one more try, because I tried, my wife was like, turn that off, but I was willing to keep going, but she wanted to turn it off. She just wasn't into it, so I need to give that one another try, but... What are you going to vote for on this one? Are you going to vote for Alien, Officer and a Gentleman? Are you going to vote for Footloose? Dude, you scared. Well, Footloose sucks, okay? Let's just put that <laughs> out there. How dare you? Footloose sucks. I'm gonna, I'll rate that one right now. It's a D minus. Breaking news. Joe Reinagle <laughs> hates Kevin Bacon. How dare you? Kevin Bacon liberated the town of Footloose from an oppressive non-dancing. <laughs> you, you're doing good, man. I love the segment. I really do. So it's good to talk. But you need to get Rudy. You need to get a, a guy that's more of an ass because Rudy's too nice of a guy. Okay. You know what? One of these days, I'll do one with you, but you pick the movie for me because Rudy J was the one. Who picked that movie? Rudy's just too nice of a guy. All right, man. You're a nice guy. Even though you get <laughs> mad at me and you start screaming at me from across the studio, I dig it, man. Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. Reinagle will be back at 4 o'clock for The Blitz. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250.